You are listening to the Magnetic Marketing Marketing Secret Gold Members Only Podcast. So what I want to do right now, I want to kind of move into um, uh, my first like training portion of this. And I wanted to lead this out. How many of you guys have gone through the One Funnel Away Challenge? Yeah. Okay, those of you who have gone through it, if you know, I stress a lot about one simple thing, which was hook, story, offer. I talked a lot about that. And I want to talk about that for the next hour or so because um, throughout this week, you're going to be learning about a lot of different types of funnels, right? About challenge funnels and summit funnels and, and like all these different things. And some of you guys may get confused, but I want you to understand like the core fundamental like foundation of what you have to become good at as an entrepreneur is understanding this one concept, which is mastering hook, story, offer. And so I'm going to spend some time going over that hook, story, offer. Um, I, I gave everybody a handout that came with your, um, should be on your seats. You guys take notes on stuff like that. But one of the things I, it says in there, I think on the very front page, is that if something's not working in your funnel, it's always either your hook, your story, or your offer. Every time. Everyone's was like, my funnel's not working, Russell. What should I do? I look at it. I'm like, oh, your hook is horrible. That's why nobody's clicking on your ad. Or, hey, your hook's good. People showed up, but your story's boring. That's why no one's buying. Or it's like, you hooked and you told a good story, but man, that offer was horrible. No one would ever give you money for that. And I've learned, like, as I broke it down consulting to, like, three things, like, it's always one of these three things. Okay? So I'm going to spend the next hour or so going over this, giving you guys ideas and, like, opening up your mind to becoming better at that. If you become better at that, this framework fits into any funnel. Okay, if I'm selling a book, I got to be good at hook, story, offer. If I'm selling something through the phone, hook, story, offer. If I'm selling something through webinars, hook, story, like, this is the framework that we all have to become masters at. So I want to lead with that today. And then as everyone else starts training on different funnels and strategies, um, you just remember, like, if my funnel's not working, it's because of one of these three things every single time. Okay? If you were to hire me for my insanely high consulting rates, like, Russell, my funnel's not working. What should I do? I'd just be like, thanks for the check. It's either your hook or your story or your offer. So next time you're like, man, I wish Russell just looked at my funnel, just sit down and be like, huh, what would Russell say? He would say, it's either your hook, your story, or your offer, okay? It's always one of those three things every single time, okay? So with hook, story, offer, that's, it goes hook, story, offer, but I'm going to start with the offer first and then move backwards just because that's kind of the framework how it works, okay? So the offer, <coughs> excuse me. A lot of you guys have gone through like my training with perfect webinar and stuff like that. So you see this thing called a stack slide. How many of you guys are familiar with a stack slide? Good. Okay, the stack slide is how we create an offer. Okay? And even if you're not doing a webinar, you still create a stack slide. There is no circumstance when I ever sell that I don't use a stack slide. If I was emailing somebody and they were like, hey, what does it cost to hire you as a consultant or hire you to do whatever? I would literally send them an email and I'd have a stack slide. I just have like 4.1 value, 2 value, 3. Like, I would use this in everything, okay? So, and I'm going to show you guys some examples today. It doesn't matter if you're selling coaching or supplements or physical products or services. Like, you should always have this, okay? Now, to begin with, I want to talk about one of the founding fathers of our industry. A lot of you guys may not even know him or heard of him. His name is Claude Hopkins. How many of you guys have heard of Mr. Claude Hopkins? All right, all my OGs, all the originals. Okay, this is your marketing history lesson. So, Claude Hopkins was the father of modern advertising, and what's interesting is way back then in the early 1900s, what they called, um, what he was called, like what his job was, he was what they called a scheme man. Okay? He was a scheme man. And what the scheme men did is they came into a company and their whole job was to come up with the offer. That was it. The most important part, which is the offer. Okay? Now to show you the value, even in like the late 1800s, early 1900s, the value of becoming a scheme man, the person who actually creates the offer, Claude Hopkins back then <laughs> was paid um, $52,000 a year in 1907. Okay, now the equivalent of that 
That's $1.39 million in today's dollars. They paid this dude over a million bucks a year to come in and be like, this is what your offer is. Okay? And most of you guys never even think about this. You just kind of go off and like do whatever. And I'm not going to, I'm excited. Stephen Larson is going to be talking uh, in two presentations. He's going to go deep into like a whole bunch of really cool offer stuff with you guys. But what I understand like this is the value of like the most important part of offer. You have to understand that. This is it's so valuable that back then they paid people that much money to come create offers for them. Okay? So it's worth your time to start figuring these things out. Okay? Now I want to kind of talk about when offer isn't for a minute. Um, because most people in business, they think about like, what's the product I'm going to create? Okay. And the biggest problem when you create a product is that when you have a product, it is a commodity and anybody else can, can create it, right? And if you have a product and it's a commodity, when you're trying to figure out how to sell it, the only thing you have like as leverage is price, right? Okay. That's why when you go to Amazon, like someone's selling the thing at this price, it's like, oh, well, if I'm going to beat them, I got to sell it for less. And I got to sell it for less and less and less and less. And like, it's a race to the bottom, which is the worst type of business to be in, by the way. Okay? Dan Kennedy told me when I first got started, man, 14, 15 years ago in this business, he said that um, there is no strategic advantage of being the second pri- lowest price leader in town. So if you can't be Walmart, like, there's no sense of being the lowest price leader in town. But there's a huge strategic advantage of being the most expensive person in town, right? So if you're creating something like you can create a product and become a commodity and you're racing to the bottom, or you understand how to create an offer which decommoditizes you. I'll show you here in a minute. And it makes it so you can charge whatever you want. Okay? So that's kind of the key you have to understand. So a product is like a one singular thing. An offer is we take a product and you bundle it with a bunch of other things to increase the value and to make it unique and separate and different. Right? If I would have sold this as a digital marketing event, there's like 800 digital marketing events you could have gone to, right? Why did you guys fly here in the middle of the rain? It's because it's different, right? It wasn't just a product. It's not a marketing event. It's a whole bunch of other stuff. When you bought ClickFunnels, most of you guys didn't buy it because you're like, oh, here's software that builds websites. There's tons of software that builds websites, right? We created irresistible offers and bundled them together to make you go crazy to come and buy and to come here and do things, right? I spent a ton of time focusing on how to create an offer. Now, one thing you have to understand, um, there are basically, there's two ways to make your product the cheapest in town. Um, the best way to illustrate this. The first way is, is obvious, right? If you want to be the cheapest product in town, you have to decrease the price, which again, funnel hackers don't do that, okay? We don't, we should make a t-shirt that says that. Funnel hackers do not decrease prices, okay? If you decrease the price, you become cheaper than somebody else. The other thing is if you increase the value of what you're offering, then you become cheaper, right? Okay? Because if I sell you something and it's worth a million dollars and I only sell it for a thousand, that's cheaper than the person who sells you something for a thousand bucks that's worth a thousand bucks. Does that make sense? Okay, so I can either decrease the price or I can increase the value to increase the, the value of the thing. And if you look at this, it's interesting. I had this conversation with my, ki- conversation with my kids the other day. Like, um, how much money you make is 100% tied to how much value you give. It's 100% correlation. So my kids were asking me, my kids are cute because they're the age where they're trying to start figuring things out. And, um, and uh, one of my sons, Bowen, was like, Dad, it doesn't make any sense. Um, this guy over here is one of our friends. He's like, he's a doctor. And he, he's way better than you, but you make way more money than him. How come? <laughs> and uh, I, said, I said, well, you get paid based on how much value you offer. He's like, but dad, like, he like, operates on people. That's way more valuable than what you do. And I smile. I said, it's definitely more difficult. Like, that's, I can't imagine that. But I said, you don't understand. He's only able to operate on one human being at a time. So he's offering insane amounts of value for one person. And so because of that, he gets paid really, really well, but it's, it's finite. It's as big as it can be. I was like, I'm able to offer value 
to 4,500 people or 76,000 people or a million people because I create something of value and I can create it sell so many more times. And so I said, that's the reason I'm able to make more money than doctors because of how that works. And I kept explaining this to him. And so I told him, I was like, look, if you want to get a job, you get paid based on how much value you have, right? Okay, so like if you get a job at McDonald's and, and they're paying, you know, whatever, what's minimum wage nowadays, eight bucks an hour. I'm like, that's how much value you're, you're getting. But I was like, but if you go and you can create something, you can do something bigger, the value is so much higher and you can get paid more money for that. Okay, and I was trying to explain this to, to a kid, which is, really, which is really fun. So the whole name of this game is you're creating funnels and you're figuring out your hook, your store, your offer. You're trying to increase the value, okay? So the offer increases the value of whatever it is you're trying to sell. So I'm going to give you guys a couple examples of this um, in the real world, so hopefully it'll make more sense, okay? So for example, I've been now married for um, almost 18 years, so I haven't dated in a long, I mean, I date my wife, but I don't, it's hard for me to remember exactly how it works, but I watch, we watch uh, cheesy shows like The Bachelor and Bachelorette. I see my friends dating, my kids are like three or four years away from dating, and it makes me really, really nervous. <laughs> but as I was thinking about this, I started thinking about, how did I get my wife to want to marry me? How did I get her to want to go on a date with me back in the day? Okay? I want to put this in perspective. My wife is um, five and a half years older than me. She's way better looking than me. Like, she has all the things, and I'm like this little dorky kid, okay? When I moved to Boise, Idaho, I was, <laughs> to put it in perspective, um, <clears throat> I moved to this little apartment with a whole bunch of other wrestlers. I had a shaved head. I had glasses on. Um, I had no future. I was just, I just wanted to wrestle. I was kind of weird. Um, I was socially didn't dare talk to girls. Like, it was like all these things, right? And all my other roommates were there, and um, a couple of them all had a crush on this girl, and she was in the older girl, and one of the other apartments was close to us, and so we'd go over to her house and hang out, right? And so I looked at it, and I was watching these guys, and they'd come over, and they'd try to be like, how cool they were, hey, do you want to go on a date? Hey, do you want to go on a date? And I watched her, she turned tons of, like, a bunch of them, like, no, I'm not going to wait, no, I'm not going to go on a date, no, I'm not going to go on a date. I'm like, man, she keeps telling these people, no, like, the offer's not very good, right? Everyone's offer's like, do you want to go on a date with me? <laughs> and when you do that, all they have to look is at yourself, like, do I want to go on a date with you? Like, like yes or no, right? And some people are like stunning good looking, so your offer increases because the, the value of your looks. But I wasn't that way, right? I again, I was a, a shaved head wrestler with glasses on, and so like that was that was my thing. I didn't my my value wasn't wasn't huge on looks, and so I was coming there. I'm like, how do I increase the value of this package? I'm like, okay, what do I got? So when I asked her on a date, it wasn't just like, hey, do you want to go on a date with me? She's like, uh, other guys are way better looking than you. I was like, okay, I got to make this an offer. Okay, so I was like, okay, if you want to date with me, first thing we're gonna do is we're gonna do this, and then we're gonna go on this, and we're gonna experience this, and we're gonna eat here and do this, and then afterwards we're gonna go do this thing right here, and we're gonna meet these people here, and like I create an experience, right? And then I asked her on a date, and she's like, oh my gosh, that offer, that experience, that whole thing sounds amazing, and you're in there, and that sounds great too. Like let's go and do this thing, right? But I create an offer, asked her on a date, she said yes, and now we're married, five kids later, and it's amazing. Okay, so if you're struggling in dating, this is my only dating advice I'll ever give anybody, is how do you increase your offer? Okay, if it's just you, you may be in trouble, especially if you're not very good looking, right? So I get to figure out, how do I increase the offer of this? Okay, what else do I have to, like, what else do I have to offer my future spouse, this person I want to date, right? Um, so there's my dating advice, okay? But you see how it works? I mean, increasing the value of yourself as the offer, Okay. Um, as I was teaching, we did an event earlier this year called uh, the Unlock the Secrets event for our two Comic Club coaching members. And, um, and it was kind of a fun event. And I decided to invite all of the kids to come to it as well. So the, the parents came and the kids came as well. And so I'm explaining this, this concept of, of increasing an offer to the audience. I think all the parents were just like, 
wait a minute, I got a question. Wait a minute. And like the parents are always a little bit slower than the kids. Kids pick up stuff really fast. And I was sitting out in the audience, I was looking out, and uh, I started asking the kids. I could tell the parents were a little perplexed. I said, okay, I want to get some kids out. So uh, I called on some kids. And uh, this right here on the left hand, this image, this is uh, Ryan Lee's Romanian Circle members. And on the right hand here is his daughter, uh, Kiana. And um, Kiana, I don't know how, she's probably 10, maybe 12 years old, and uh, she runs a babysitting business. And so I asked, I said, how would, I asked all the kids, like, for all the kids, how would you increase the offer of your, whatever businesses you're working on? And she's on front row, raises her hand, so I throw her the little catch box, and she grabs it. She says, well, I'm a babysitter, and I figure all my friends are also babysitting. We're all charging five bucks an hour. What if I increase my offer by doing this? And she's like, what if I told them that after we, you know, I'm going to feed your kids healthy food, not like pizza? And then after the thing's done, I'm going to actually wash the dishes. And I'm going to make sure the kids are in bed at 9 o'clock. And I'm going to play games with the kids when we go out. And then I'm going to do, um, <clears throat> um, you know, and she named about four or five different things that she could do. And I looked at her and I was like, oh, my gosh. Like, do you want to watch my kids? Like, my kids were at the event. I'm like, can you watch them tonight? Like, that offer was amazing. And you look at, like, there's 10 babysitters. And all of them are like, I'll babysit your kid. I'll babysit your kid. I'll babysit your kid. I'll babysit your kid. And when I do that, I'm also going to do this and this and this and this. And, and like, who are you going to give your money to? Okay, she could double, triple, quadruple her prices and she still seems the cheapest because not only did she watch my kids and make sure they didn't die, she also cleaned up the house, fed them healthy food, had activities with them, played with them, wasn't texting on her phone all night long, um, you know, all those kind of things as well. Okay, she's CPA certified, all those things like, like she created an offer where she could double, triple, quadruple her price and she still would have seemed the cheapest. Okay, and she had a line of people out the door waiting for them to babysit because she created an actual offer instead of just selling a product. Okay, do you guys get how this works? So as you're sitting there in your marketplace, you're like, I've got this course, I've got this physical product, I've got this training program, this coaching program, this event, like whatever the thing is that you're trying to do, <laughs> you got to step back and figure out, okay, I'm competing with all these other people. How do I make my offer better? What do I have that can be better than what everybody else is doing? I got to one-up everybody else. I got to make my offer better, okay, so that the perceived value of it seems so much higher. That way it seems cheaper. And that way I don't have to lower my price. In fact, I can increase my price and it won't even matter. Okay, it's called price elasticity. Okay, we have a product we sell right now. It's two pieces of paper and we sell it for a thousand bucks. How many of you guys will give me a thousand bucks for two pieces of paper? <laughs> My diehards, thank you. <laughs> All right, well, we, did, we literally do. So I have two pieces, it's a sales script, our high ticket sales script, it's two pieces of paper, we sell it for a thousand bucks. And uh, if you look at it, you're like, I would never pay a thousand bucks for two pieces of paper, Russell. And most people wouldn't, but I'm like, these two pieces of paper, guess what they are? This is our high ticket sales script. Okay, today we've done just short of $30 million in sales with these two pieces of paper. You, someone pick up the phone, you read this one, and then you read the other side, and then they give you money. It's amazing. It just works every single time. And I didn't make it up. Um, people have been using it for years. There's been billions of dollars in sales tracked back to these two pages. And the person I know in the world who's the best, this is a guy named Robbie. In fact, Robbie's here in the room. Where's Robbie at? He's here somewhere. He's probably out doing... So Robbie is the one who showed me the script initially, and he trained me, and then he trained our sales guys and built a whole team, and he did everyone right. Okay, so... For a thousand bucks, I'll give you two pages, but then I'll also give you Robbie in a box. So how do you guys like Robbie to make videos to train your entire sales team just for you? It's amazing, right? So you hire salespeople, you give them these two pages, you say, watch the videos of Robbie teaching you. They watch those for like three hours, and they come out, ruthless salespeople can sell anybody anything, right? And then you're like, but that's cool, but I don't have any ads. I'm like, okay, well, how about this? Um, I will give you the ads we run, and I'll give you the funnels I run. I'll just give those to you as well, right? And then... Um, how about I can uh, hook up a call where you can jump on the call with Robbie for 30 minutes. He'll train your salespeople one-on-one to make sure it customizes the script specifically for you. Now, how many of you guys pay a thousand bucks for that offer? Okay. You see how it works? Like it went from two pieces of paper to I bundle it all. It's like, oh my gosh, I have to have that. Okay. If people aren't buying, again, it's the always hook story offer. If it's your offer, it's because you don't have, you got to figure out how to make it better, how to increase it.
okay? One Funnel Away Challenge, the same thing. This is a challenge where you get to jump on a coaching call every day for 30 days. See the energy like, oh. Now let me tell you all the stuff you get. The first thing you get is you get the big old box in the mail. Inside the box is a book called 30days.com where uh, 30 people of our Two Comma Club winners each wrote a chapter about how they got in the Two Comma Club. And then there's videos of them showing behind the scenes of each of their funnels. And then on top of that, you're going to get 30 days of video from me. Then you get 30 days of video from, uh, from Julie Stoyne. And then on top of that, Stephen Larson's going to come on every single day and yell at you and make sure you actually get the stuff done. By the time they're done, your funnel's going to be finished. And we go on and on and on. All of a sudden, like, this is like the most irresistible offer of all time. Okay? The first challenge, we had 7,500 people sign up for it. My goal is to get 10,000 people a month signing up for this challenge. We keep making the offer better and better and better. Okay? If you want to sell more stuff, figure out your offer and make it sexier. Increase it. Make it better. Okay? So the question then is like, well, how do you, how do, you do that? Okay? Some guys are like, I sell this thing. How do I make it sexier? How do, I, how do I make an offer? So the fastest way to increase an offer is to bulk it up by adding other types of information products. So I'm going to go through a couple ways that you guys can create quick information products to bulk up any offer without actually having to write a book. Does that sound like fun? All right, cool. So I'm going to go through three different things you can do. Number one, there are written words, but I'm going to show you how to do it without actually writing any words. Number two is audio, and number three is video. This will give you guys ideas so nobody will ever say, well, I can't create an offer, Russell. Like you can, with these things I'm going to show you, you can create millions and millions of offers. In fact, if you start looking at everything I do, you'll notice it's always one of these three things I'm using to bulk up my offers every single time. Okay, so the first are written things. So um, the first thing I want to show you guys is, um, how many of you guys would love to have a book, but you don't want to write a book? <laughs> okay. Books are the most painful part of everything I've ever done ever, by far. Um, so this is a book that was a crowdsourced book called Chicken Soup for the Soul. How many of you guys have read Chicken Soup for the Soul? Okay. How many of you guys have read one of the like, 8 million versions since then? Okay, the most amazing thing about this book is that the authors who wrote this book didn't actually write any of the words in the books. Isn't that great? Yet they still made millions and millions and millions and millions of dollars. Okay, um, the other day my son came into my little office. It was Bowen again. He came in and he saw this book and he said, Dad, is that your new book? And I said, yeah. He's like, you wrote another new book? I was like, well, kind of. He's like, what do you mean kind of? I'm like, well, I wrote the title. And that was it. He's like, did you cheat? I'm like, no, I didn't cheat. <laughs> I said, I had 30 people who got two Comic Club awards write how they would get a two Comic Club award if they could do it again. And he's like, and then they just wrote the chapter. I said, yeah, and I put it in a book, and then we sell the book. He's like, but you didn't write anything. I'm like, I wrote the, I wrote the title. It's a really good title. And he's like, I don't think that's a real book, Dad. I'm like, no, it really is. Okay? How many of you guys decide whatever business you're in could find a whole bunch of experts and whatever it is, and you could write a book like this? This book alone, um, we did the very first launch of the One Funnel Away Challenge where we gave this away and we closed it down for like four months. People were um, auctioning these things off. Someone sold one for over $500 on eBay. People were going crazy for this book, right? Now when we launched One Funnel Away Challenge again, we're like, you guys get this book and people flip out. People buy it just because they want the book. I didn't write a word of it, okay? So I don't, think about this, like how, how could you guys, like Chicken Soup for the Souls trailblazed it for us. I've trailblazed it for you. How could you guys do that same thing in your market? Find people around you and say, hey, let me interview you. Let me interview 30 of you or 20 of you or 10 of you and put it together. Make a book. Make a, like, there's a million things you can do with that, but it's a fast, easy way to create a book. You don't actually have to do it. Okay, number two way to get written uh, books really fast is to compile examples of stuff. How many of you guys have read my 108 split test book? Okay, this is literally just screenshots of 108 of our split tests, and people go crazy for it, Okay. How many of you guys are doing stuff in your business or whatever it is you do that you have like this byproduct? We weren't planning on selling this. We were just doing split tests. 
And it takes screenshots of the split test. And eventually, like two years later, like, we should just put these all in a book. We just compiled a whole bunch of examples and we sold it. Okay? This right here, how many of you guys are members of Funnel University? Every month we find a couple of funnels and we compile them and talk about them and we show them to people. They're not my funnels, they're other people's funnels. We just find the cool ones and we show them and we put them in a newsletter. Okay? How many of you guys have seen this book, The 74 Funnel Swipe File? None of you guys have seen it yet. Another product coming out soon to a funnel near you, right? Same thing. We're just compiling cool stuff. How many of you guys have seen cool stuff before? All right. You should just compile it then and then make a book. And then it's amazing. More people probably read this book than my other books that I spend years slaving on to write. And they're like, oh, this is way better. Okay? And one of my favorite ones, this is kind of a tricky one. How many of you guys have ever heard of the public domain before? This is where Walt Disney got all of his ideas, by the way. He never wrote anything. He just like went to the public domain. He's like, oh, sweet. Someone wrote a story about a beauty and the beast or about the, the snow princess or about all these things. Found these public domain stories and produced movies out of it. Okay, anything that was written pre-1923 in the United States is in the public domain. You can republish it as your own. Okay, one of my friends, Matt Fury, he took this old 1914 uh, uh, wrestling course of Farmer Burns, published it in a book, made over a million dollars selling that course. Okay, um, have you guys read Think and Grow Rich? Master Key Systems, tons of the books that you guys are know and you are aware of are all in the public domain. You can republish them. So there's two places I go for public domain stuff. Number one, I go to Gutenberg.org. Everything on Gutenberg.org is in the public domain. They, they, they just published, there's like 50,000 ebooks there. You can find one in your market, you can take it and republish it as your own. The second secret, I go to eBay, and at eBay in the nonfiction book section, you can search by years. So I search by year and I start typing keywords in my market, and you'll be amazed at how many amazing books have been written that people are selling on eBay for $1.50 that you can then republish and sell for whatever you want. Bundle it inside of your offer to quickly get amazing books. Okay? So there's three fast ways to make books. Crowdsource them, compile a bunch of examples, or go in the public domain. Okay, now here's a concept I need you guys to understand as we move from the first three to the next three and beyond. Um, this will make this whole process simpler for you. Okay? The concept is this. People will spend more money for the exact same content packaged in a different way. Okay, say it again. People spend, will spend more money for the exact same content packaged in a different way. Okay? When I first started this business, I remember going to events like this, um, and the speakers, it seemed like every single time some speaker would say, who here's read Think and Grow Rich? By the way, how many of you guys have read Think and Grow Rich? Which is in the public domain, by the way. So yes, and all republishes make Think and Grow Rich for dentists, Think and Grow Rich for surfers, Think and Grow Rich for whatever. Anyway, it's there, ready for you. But um, anyway, so I kept hearing that. So I went and bought the book. And I was like, oh, I'm so excited to read this book. And I put it next to my bedstand. And it sat there for months and months and then years. And every time I go to an event, people are like, who's going to Think and Grow Rich? I raise my hand. I'm like, well, I actually read it. I have it. Someday I'll read it. And one day I remember feeling guilty. I went on eBay and I typed Think and Grow Rich CDs. And someone was selling the CD course of it. And so I bought the CDs, got it in my car, and for the next, like, three weeks, I started reading Think and Grow Rich in my car. Now, what's interesting about this is the book Think and Grow Rich cost me $9.97 on Amazon. The CDs cost me $97 on eBay. So I literally paid 10 times more money for the exact same thing packaged in a different way. Like, was there any difference between the book and the audio? Literally, word for word, some dude read the book, and then it became CDs, and I spent 10 times as much. Okay, this is a lesson for you guys. <clears throat> How many of you guys um, read the dot-com secrets book? How many of you guys read the expert secrets book? Why are you here then? Everything I know is in those books. Like, it's, I, I got nothing else. <laughs> oh, because it's packaged a different way. Does that make sense? 
want you guys all to understand that, like, what you have, you can package in so many different ways. And because of the experience, how it's being fulfilled, all those things, it shifts the value of it, right? This is way more valuable than a $10 book, this experience in being here. <laughs> all right. So let me shift over to audio now, okay? So this is a book that we republished. This is in the public domain. It's called Life, Work, of Farmer Burns. I had my father-in-law get a microphone out. He read it. We turned it into a CD, and we started selling. This is uh, probably 10 years ago. Started selling um, this book on CD. So you can find a book, and you can read it. You can have somebody else read it. You can find the book in public domain. You can find something like that, and you can make an audiobook. Very simple, easy way to do it. Okay? Number two is you can interview others. So this is... Um, this is a book. How many of you guys have read this book, by the way? I know all of our two Comical Vex members, I sent you guys a copy of it. Everyone's like, this thing is like bigger than the phone book. It's one of the best books ever. And I remember when it first came out, David Fry, where's David at? Yes, so David got it. And he's like, this book's amazing. Then he called it Vince James, the author. And he interviewed him for a whole bunch of stuff. And he made a whole audio course out of it. And Dave's the genius. And I was like, I should just do what Dave did. So then I called him up. I was like, hey, can I interview you too? And he's like, sure. And so I interviewed the guy who wrote this book. The guy made, when, he was a 28-year-old kid, made $100 million through direct mail selling supplements. <clears throat> and so I called him on the phone, and I interviewed him, and he let me interview him for six hours. When it was done, he's like, you can have the rights to the audios, I have the rights to them, you do whatever you want with them. I'm like, sweet. And so then like two years later, I launched it, and this actually became my very first ever Two Comic Club funnel. I made a million dollars selling the interviews of the interview I did with this guy who wrote the book. Isn't that amazing? So how many of you guys have ever read a book before? How many of you guys could... Um, call the author and be like, hey, can I interview you? And somebody's like, oh, he's too famous. He wrote all these big books. He's never going to interview me. Okay, I'm going to tell you the life of an author, if you guys really want to know how it works. They geek out on topic. They spend their whole life writing this book, and they're so proud of it. And they're so excited, right? And then they tell their spouse or their family, their friends, they're like, okay, that's weird. And they're like, oh, nobody cares? And then there's an audience who gets the book, and they love it, and they read it, and they're like, oh, my people, they read it, right? And then somebody calls them like, hey, that book was amazing. Can I interview you? The person's like, yes, you can. <laughs> Just so you know, they want you to talk to them. They want to tell, share the stuff. Does not happen enough. You went to Amazon and find the top 10 um, authors of books in your, in your market, I guarantee you, nine out of 10, you could get on the phone for free that fast, okay? Or you could actually, um, I don't know if Jason Flatland was here this year, but Jason gave me an idea that was brilliant. Um, he was doing an offer. This kind of ties back to the story we'll talk about here in a minute, but <laughs> um, he was doing an offer. He was selling a funnel course. And he was like, I want to interview someone who did e-commerce funnels. So he's like, well, Trey Llewellyn has got the highest grossing e-commerce funnel right now inside of ClickFunnels. I want to interview Trey. So he calls up Trey. And he's like, hey, can I interview? And they're friends. And, um, and Trey's like, sure, man, you can interview me. And, and Jason's like, well, I need to wire you some money first. And Trey's like, no, don't worry about it. I'll do the interview. He's like, no, no, no. I need to wire you the money because otherwise there's no value in this interview. He's like, what? And Trey's like, whatever. So uh, Jason wires him like $5,000. He does the interview. And then when you see when, um, when Jason's selling his product and does the stack, he goes through his stack. He's like, number one, number two, number three. He's like, number three right here. You see this right here? This is the guy. He is the number one e-commerce seller in ClickFunnels. He had a funnel to $20 million in six weeks selling flashlights. And I wired him $5,000 to interview him. Um, I want to find out the, I mean, he does interviews, but I wanted to find out the real stuff. So I paid him $5,000 to interview him, and that interview you guys could have. So all of a sudden, that bullet point in this stack slide went from, oh, it's an interview, to that's worth $5,000 now. The value instantly shoots up, right? So interviewing people is huge. Um, in fact, when I launched the uh, 10X Secrets course, 
I had my offer and it was good. And I was like, how do I make this sexier? So the first thing I did is I interviewed a bunch of people. I interviewed this man right here. Where's Myron at? Everyone loves Myron. Yeah. Anyway, I interviewed Myron. I interviewed a bunch of people who I learned how to close from stage from. I interviewed all of them, plugged that into the course, increased the value of the course. Okay? So interviewing people is huge for any product. I don't think there's a product I put out that I don't interview people. I do it, even if it's my product, I'm like, who are the 10 other people I can interview who've done something similar? Because all those things increase the value of what it is I'm selling. Okay? And then the last audio one is compiling hard to find podcasts and audios and things like that. Okay? <laughs> if I told you guys, I'm like, hey, um, my, favorite, my favorite podcast is Mixer G. I should go listen to it. How much value is in that? Not much, right? But if I was like, okay, there's this one interview that Andrew did. And in the interview, he started talking to the guy, and he literally, the guy showed three different websites that were the key to blah, 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 blah. And I listened to those things, and I found the websites. I never knew they existed. I started doing the thing, and that's how we got ClickFunnels to do whatever, right? If I tell you that, you're like, oh my gosh, I want to hear that podcast. Like, cool. When you sign up for my thing right now, I'm going to give you a link directly to that podcast episode so you can find it. Okay? You curating stuff for people, there's value in that. Okay? YouTube videos. I've done it tons of times with opt-ins where we're like, opt-in here to get a free video from Robert Kiyosaki teaching the number one tax strategy for middle-aged Americans. And I just found a video on YouTube of Robert Kiyosaki teaching the number one thing on whatever, and that's what I get people when they opt-in. Okay? So you curating stuff you think is cool can be bundled into offers as well. Okay. So there's the audio ones really quick. So audio books, interviewing other people, and compiling hard-to-find audios is a big thing. The last one I'm going to go through really quickly is video. Okay, there is a program. How many, how many of you guys here use Windows? How many of you guys use Macs? <laughs> Holy cow. <laughs> All right. Okay, there's a program. If you are using, um, if you are using, uh, if you're Windows, you should be using Camtasia. If you're using Mac, you use ScreenFlow. This tool has made me and probably most people more money than anything else on earth. It just records whatever's happening on your screen. So you make a presentation or slides or literally... <laughs> The very first version of the Funnel Hacks training, the one that got us from zero to 10,000 customers, I had a Word document open on the screen with my notes, and the right-hand side I had a little picture, I just clicked record on ScreenFlow, and I talked for an hour as I read through my outline. We did like 10 million plus dollars in sales, and that was what the product looked like. But Russell, I have a professional video studio. You don't need one. Just get a microphone, ScreenFlow or Camtasia, record your screen, have a presentation, and just teach it, Okay. It's super easy. It's simple. It's like the easiest thing in the world to do. Okay? Number two video thing is just get your iPhone out. <coughs> um, <laughs> uh, literally, you can get your phone out and just make videos. Where, um, where's Rachel at? Is she in the room right now? We were on a... <laughs> Did you finish the course, by the way? Can I talk about that? So, Rachel, we were on this like, little cruise thing after the 10X event, and she came to me. She's like, I have an idea. It's going to be a course called Selfie Secrets. Am I going to ruin this? And I'm going to record the whole thing on my iPhone. And then she, like, the next day recorded the entire course on her phone teaching the entire course, which is amazing. And uh, it was all on her phone. Okay, so how many of you guys have a phone? You have everything you need. All right. Okay. And you guys should all buy her course when it goes live. All right. And the last thing is, like, you should throw a workshop teaching people stuff. And you don't even have to speak and bring other speakers to teach for you. Okay, um, when I first got started, I didn't have any product to sell. And so the first thing I did is I threw a workshop. And it was really exciting um, to have a workshop. I was pumped about it, but I had nobody coming. And so I emailed my tiny list at the time. I said, I'm doing a workshop. It's $5,000 a ticket. 
And then the first day, nobody bought. And the second day, nobody bought. And the third day, one guy bought. And at first, I was like, yeah. And I was like, oh, crap. Now I have to do a workshop. There's only one person coming. This is awkward. And then luckily, two other people bought. So I had three people buy. I was like, okay, now we have a workshop with three people. And so I called everybody I knew, my friends, my family, everybody. I was like, okay, I'm doing a workshop. People paid to be here. You have to come and just sit in the audience and don't tell them you didn't pay because I need this to look good on video or it's going to be super embarrassing. And so we set it up. We had it all set. And it was like not like this. It was, it was really bad. Um, we literally had cur- uh, the windows behind me were too bright. So we got um, sheets from the, from the bedrooms and electrical tape sheets. Over, like, it's so bad. But we recorded, and that became the very first course I ever sold was the videos from us at the Holiday Inn with the electrical tape over the sheets, literally behind me the entire video. Um, and it looked amazing. Okay, so throw a workshop. Even if nobody comes to it, or just invite your friends. Do something at your house. Bring people in. Just record yourself teaching your thing, and you can bundle that in really quickly. Okay? So for videos, we've got screen captures, iPhones, and workshops. So here's a real quick recap of the nine ideas. Crowdsourcing books, compiling examples, public domain, audiobooks, interviewing, compile hard-to-find audio, screen captures, iPhones, and workshops. Okay? Tons of easy ways to do that quickly. Okay? So what I'm doing now is I want to actually... Um, I'm trying to think if we should do this or not. <laughs> I'm going to let you guys do this on your own. But in, in your paper that I handed out, um, I have this little section here for you guys to figure out what are potential products I could bundle inside of my offer. Okay? And um, this is something we do all the time. Every time we have a new product comes out, we, do, we talked, I talked this last year, we have bat meetings where like, we literally send out a bat signal to Voxer if everyone on our, t- our marketing team, we all come on Zoom and wherever they're at from around the world and we get in front of a whiteboard, right? okay, what can we create for this product? We could put this in it and this in it and we start just dumping out as many different ideas as we can. Okay, so now you guys have like, let's say I'm selling this product, what else can we do? Oh, we could interview this guy, I could compile these things here, I could do this, I could make a video, I could do a workshop, we could do it, and all these things you can quickly create to turn this into an offer, Okay. <coughs> Now, really quick, I guarantee I know the number one thing going through some of your heads right now is like, well, Russell, that's cool for all the coaches and the consultants and the info product people, but not for me. I'm different. I sell real stuff, right? I sell physical products. I have a a local business or whatever your excuse is right now. And I want to shatter these excuses um, because the biggest thing that's going to keep you guys from having success over this week is is, is the thought of like, oh, well, this doesn't apply to me. Okay, I'm excited. Um, I think either tomorrow or the next day, we're going to have Jamie Cross who's going to be coming up here and speaking. Yeah! Jamie's amazing because two years ago, she came to Funnel Hacking Live. She was sitting in the audience, and she sells soap. Okay? And I was on stage talking about webinars. I'm doing this usually about webinars and stories and this whole thing, right? And every other e-commerce person, I'm guessing, in the audience is like, this is not for me because I sell physical products. And Jamie said, how can I make this work for me? 12 months later, she's on stage giving to a comic book award. 12 months later, she's on stage sharing her story with you. She took this concept of the webinar and made an e-commerce webinar. She took it and didn't say, this isn't going to work for me. How can I make this work for me? And shifted some things and made it work for her and blew up her company. I'm so excited for her to tell her whole story. Um, but I want you guys to think of the same thing. Okay, so I'm going to do this as an example right now. This is a product that I sell. This is a physical product called Vigon. How many of you guys ever seen this before? <laughs> the three people on my team. All right, so back in the day when... Um, I launched 15 companies in a year, which is a horrible idea. Don't do that. One of them was this thing right here. I had a friend who had this company, and he was getting in trouble. And this little machine here, um, if you start getting a cold sore, you see you feel it. How many of you guys get cold sores? You feel it tingle. You pull this out. If I can open it. This is a new one, so the seal hasn't been cut yet. All right. <laughs> then you peel the seal off. All right, so when you open this thing up... Um, 
When you feel a cold sore coming on, come on, there we go. All right, you open it up, and there's these two little electrodes, okay? And you take it, and you push the button, and then the same cold sore, you put it on your cold sore, and somehow, I don't know how, some scientists figured out something. It's actually patented everything. It goes in and, like, zaps the cold sore, destroys it, kicks it in the face, and destroys it, and the cold sore never shows up, okay? Isn't that awesome? How many of you want one of these right now? Really? Got to get my funnel back up. Anyway. So this is the physical product I sell, right? And you're like, well, Russell, this is, this is, um, this is you know, I don't, sell, I don't sell information. This isn't going to work for me. But imagine if I did this. How do I turn this into an offer? Okay? This is a physical product. It does what it does. It's just a thing. Okay? And the guy who, sold, who I buy these from, he sells it to other people. So it's not like I'm not the only one. It's a commodity. There's like 30 other people that sell the same thing. Only mine's better. Um, okay? So for me, like, how do I compete against everybody else? Well, everyone's got the exact same thing. It does the exact same thing. So I have to turn this from a commodity into an offer. Because if it's a commodity, I got to be like, okay, well, he's selling for 150. I'm going to sell for 130. And then the next says, also 120. Like, crap, 110, 195, boom, boom, boom. Soon this thing's like $9.95, right? Retail. Okay? That's the problem, problem with products that are commodities. Or I can say, okay, this is amazing. This helps with cold stores. But what else could do with cold stores? Okay, what else can I do? What else can I do? I could go on Amazon and be like, cold sore, um, cold sore um, cures and, and remedies. And I guarantee there's people on Amazon who have written books on how to do cold sores. I could message one and be like, hey, man, you are the definitive like, expert in cold sores. Can I interview you talking about all the tricks you know how to prevent cold sores from happening? I'm sure there's stuff in your diet and exercise, right? And like, oh, yes. So I get them on the phone. I interview them. Now it's like, hey, when you buy from anybody, you get the same thing. But you buy from me, you get the cold sore inhibitor. Plus, you also get... The interview with this dude over here, who's the number one uh, highest um, stars on Amazon writer of a, of a cold store book. You get his book as well, plus my interview where I actually interviewed him. And then number three, there are seven supplements I found that help get rid of cold sores. Seven. There's a whole bunch of people complain, claim the supplements, but there's actually seven that work, and there's two that work almost instantly. The second you feel a cold sore coming, you pop any of these two pills, gone instantly. Okay? And I wrote a report about those because I want to make sure you get the right ones. If you get the wrong brand, you get the right product, you get the wrong brand, you are screwed. So I'm going to show you um, the seven supplements as well. So you get this first, plus you're going to get the interview with the number one expert in the world, plus you're going to get the seven supplements, the actual brand names, where to buy them, how to get the discounts, all the seven supplements. And next thing you're going to get is blah, 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 right? I just take a physical product, I'm bundling information around it to increase the value of the thing. Okay? So it doesn't matter if you're selling information or not. If you're selling physical products, it's the same thing. Information is the easiest way to bundle this, right? The problem with infomercials is the only way they bundle is like, if you call now, I'll give you another one for free, right? That's what almost all e-commerce people do. It's like, oh, like, that's good, but like, that's, it's like, now I got two of these things. So if I have cold sores, I can have one in my house and in my office. That's kind of weird, right? Um, but if I, if, if I bundle the information product, it doesn't increase the cost to you at all, but dramatically increases the value. Okay, now when I'm competing with the 30 other people selling this, I can sell it for higher and people will still buy from you versus everybody else because my offer is better than theirs. Okay, another good example of this <coughs> is my friend, Mr. Steven Larson. How many of you guys know Steven? <laughs> so this is a good example for any of you guys who are like, I'm here, Russell, but I don't have a product yet. So Steven... He has his own products, but he's also an affiliate for ClickFunnels. He's an affiliate for a bunch of other things, right? And so we did the One Funnel Away launch and the 10X launch, a couple other things. He said, okay, Russell already created an amazing offer that he's selling, but there's like a thousand affiliates who are all selling this product as well, right? He said, so everyone's doing it, so how do I compete against this? He said, okay, well, here's Russell's offer. How can I make my own offer to make it better? People always ask me, how do you make money as an affiliate, Russell? 
the first thing you do is you don't sell the product that they're already selling. Like that's like a like buy Russell's thing. That's like number one on your list. And it's like now I need to make my own offer. Okay, how many of you guys bought the one funnel challenge from somebody and then bought it again from Stephen later because you wanted his bonus? Okay, how many of you guys bought twice from Stephen because you wanted the new bonus the second time? Okay, there's a lesson in this. So even if you don't have a product yet, that's okay. Find someone else with a product, and then how can I now make an amazing offer? What can I bundle together to increase the value of this offer so people buy from me versus somebody else? Or if they did buy from someone else, they'll also buy from me because my offer is so valuable. Okay? All right, so this is kind of the exercise for you guys to start doing is, is going through here and listing out all the ideas you can have, okay? So tonight, this weekend, with that paper handy out, start writing out these things, start putting them out there, and start putting as many as you can think of. And make it, like... The biggest problem you can have is, if, is you're kind of putting in your potential products that are going to make an offer. It's like, oh, that's not going to work. That's not going to work. When you start to be creative, like when we first did this, um, man, probably 12 years ago, we sat in front of a whiteboard and we're doing this, and we were like, we were at a, a point where we needed a funnel to save us from everything, right? It was like the bottom of everything. Like, we had to make the most irresistible offer ever or else we, like, we're shutting the doors. So we sat in front of a whiteboard. I'm like, hey, what could we give them? Like, okay, they can fly to my house and I will give them a massage and feed them food. And then we're going to do this and we're going to do this. And we're gonna, like, we made all this crazy stuff. We had it all on the whiteboard. And then when we started saying, okay, what's the offer actually going to be? We're like, well, pretty sure my wife would be mad if I had them come to my house and I give them massages. So let's not do that one. But it was there, right? And it's like, what if we did this? What if we did? And then it gave us the time to brainstorm. And then from there, we start pulling things over to actually make an amazing offer. Okay? Anytime I create a new funnel, a new thing, I'm always looking at creating an offer, putting as many potential things as possible, and then they can know what am I actually going to create, pull them into my little stack slides, like now I know what I need to create to increase this offer. Okay? All right. Now, one thing I want to mention as well, the reason why I have a whole bunch of things as well is because there's more than just one offer in every funnel. You guys understand that? And so I need a lot of stuff that I can give away, right? So if you look at this right here, there's an offer on my ad. I'm trying to get someone to click on something. So I'm like, Click on this thing and I'm going to give you a free report, right? There's an offer happening there. Luckily, that was one of my ideas I already created because I can now pull that down and it becomes this, right? Then I land on my landing page. I'm like, I need their email address. I'm trading them. What am I going to have? Oh, well, I have something up here. I've already created potential products. I'm going to give them my interview with so-and-so. Give me your email address. I'll give you the interview with so-and-so. Boom, right? There's the next product. Then it's like, now buy this product. I'm going to give you these five things. Then my upsell is these three or four things, Okay. I think so many of us go into this thinking like, okay, here's the product I'm going to sell. And we're trying to build a funnel around it. And it's like, no, no, no. Understand it's like, <clears throat> um, you're looking at more like, how do you serve your customer? And like, what are all the things you could possibly give them to do that? And then you're breaking down to the different parts of the funnel. Okay. All right. So come back to the game. Hook, story, offer. So that was the offer section of this, of this part. Okay. Is the offer. Now we're going to move backwards to the story. Okay. So the question then is like, why are stories so essential to this? Okay, stories also increase the value. Okay, now a couple of things I want you to understand. Number one, for someone to change their destiny, they have to make a decision. Okay, this is true first off for all of you, and second off, it's true for all the people you're serving. Okay, for someone to change their destiny, they have to make a decision. Number two, for them to make a decision, you have to change their state. Okay, and then the best way to change their state is through story. So if we take that backwards, I got to figure out how to tell stories so I can change people's states. If I can change their state, then I can help make a decision that's going to empower them. And if I can make, help them make a decision that's going to empower them, I can change their life. I can change their destiny. That's why stories are so important. Okay? An offer without a state change is completely useless. If I was like, hey, who wants to go to the movie um, Captain Marvel this week? Oh, like three of you. Like, yeah, remember... 
Then I tell the story, and you're like, oh my gosh, I will mortgage my house to fly there for that experience, right? The story is what makes it valuable, okay? So the big secret is storytelling. We've talked a lot about this in our community. This is not unique. But I want to kind of go through this because um, the story is being weaved into every single thing we're doing, okay? And you have to become better and better and better at story, okay? For all of you guys who are expert secrets, you know the next part of this, of this, but I want to share it for those who may not or are new, okay? This is a concept we call the Epiphany Bridge story. So the Epiphany Bridge <coughs> is, is the, the thing that you're thinking about as you're trying to figure out how to tell your stories, okay? So the Epiphany Bridge, this, this is you, back before you were whoever you are now, right? This is back when you were your in your normal life before you like figured out whatever it is you're so passionate about today, right? So for me, before I learned about this whole funnel thing, I was just in my house hanging out doing nothing like that was me. And then something happened, right? Where all of a sudden you have this aha moment where you're like, oh my gosh, this is the thing. This is the thing I was meant to do. This is, the, this is like what I'm supposed to be doing, right? And then what happens is you get so excited by that thing, you have that moment, okay? So for me, it's happened tons of times in my life, right? I think about when I was wrestling, like, I, you guys, my parents who were here in the front row, I used to come home from school every day. I would eat like Rice Krispies and Cheers and watch TV, right? And then in eighth grade, my dad made me sign for wrestling. I was like, oh, I don't want to be a wrestler. That's just like too much work. I just want to watch TV. And he made me go, made me go. And I had a good time wrestling. It was okay. And the next year, I remember um, my very first, um, uh, it was ninth grade. I had a chance to, uh, to, I made it to the JV team. And I remember I went to Wayne's. I was so scared and so nervous. I go to weigh in. And the guy that I'm wrestling has a mustache. I still, to this day, cannot grow a mustache. I don't know why. Anyway, I can't. I remember looking at this kid. I'm like, he's got a mustache. He is going to destroy me. And I got so scared. I went to the match. I remember getting in the stadium, and it's the JV match. So the only two people in the audience were my mom and my dad. I'm like, oh, and I get out there. I shake his hand. I'm like, how does he grow facial hair in eighth grade? Like, oh, my gosh. And so we start wrestling. And somehow, I don't know what happens, but at the end of the match, I win. And I stand up, and my hand gets raised. And I look over the guy with the mustache and his head's down. I look at my mom and my dad and my dad's like freaking out. And I was like, this day is the day I became a wrestler. That was my aha moment, right? And then the like, only thing I thought about for the next decade and a half of my life was wrestling, right? Same thing happened in business. I remember like I was trying things, trying things. All of a sudden, like I remember when it hit me, I was like, this is my thing. Like this is what I'm gonna do for the next decade of my life, okay? And my guess is most of you guys have had that moment. That's why you're probably here, trying to figure out the rest of the story, right? So that happens. Then we go on this amazing journey. We're like, this is amazing. And we start studying everything. We start learning. We start geeking out. And the worst thing in the world happens to us. We start understanding why this thing's amazing, right? And then we have a chance to try to sell somebody on this thing that we love, that we care so much about. We're so excited. And the first thing we do is we take all this techno babble, all this technical stuff we've learned, and we spew it out upon them. And they're like, oh, and they get buried in this thing, and they freak out, and they run away. We logically try to sell them because we're so logically invested in this thing right now. But the reality is that people don't buy logically. You didn't buy logically. Okay, my dad didn't convince me. You're going to love wrestling because it's going to be good health for you. You're going to get stronger muscles. You're going to like, you know, it's going to help you become more resilient in life. You're going to, you know, all these things. Like, that was the logic. Okay, what sold me on wrestling? Oh my gosh, that felt amazing. I'm in. Something happened to each of you emotionally that got you in. Okay? And so for us to be able to convince other people, we have to get rid of all the techno babble, and you have to remember what was the thing, what was the story, what was the reason that got me started on this journey. And as you tell that story, and you get people the same epiphany that you had, that's when you're able to change their destiny. That's when you're able to help them. Okay? So that's the epiphany bridge stuff. If you want to go deeper in that, I talk a lot about in Expert Secrets, but like, that's the core of story. And so for you, it's not coming back and trying to logically convince anybody of anything. It's remembering like, what was the reason why I got so excited about this? 
and sharing that story is what's getting people connect with you. And then they're going to have the same epiphany you had if you do it right. And now you can change it. Now you can affect it. Now you can move them. Okay? All right. So there's the story framework. Now, the next part of story um, is you have to understand that when we are telling people story, everyone already has a story, right? About whatever it is. And so um, if their story is positive, it's a really good thing for them. But if the story's negative, it's holding them back. Okay, so our job as marketers, as funnel hackers, is to look at that and say, okay, this, um, this story they have, is it, is it holding them back from what I know that they need to be doing? If so, like that story is the chain of false belief. It's holding them back, right? So they have this chain of false belief. There was some experience, something happened to them that made them have these false beliefs. Okay, so there's this experience. And because of that experience, they've been telling themselves a story over and over and over again. So for you, this is the people you're coming in contact with. They're seeing your Facebook ads. They're coming on your webinars. They're landing, hitting your landing pages. They're reading your emails. And they have these things. And if you don't break these false chains of beliefs, no matter how hard you try, you will never convince them to follow you. It's impossible, right? Because they have this story. So the only way for you to break them from these false chains of belief is to tell them your story. And if you do this right, then your story trumps their story, and then your story becomes theirs. Okay? So I'm going to give you an example. So this is my friend Devon. You guys met him a little earlier today. By the way, do you love his socks? <laughs> that was amazing. Um, anyway, so Devon last year comes up. He's like, Russell, this is amazing. I got an opportunity for you. It's going to be ground floor opportunity. It's going to be amazing. It's going to change the world. It's going to be awesome. And I'm like, sweet, man, I'm in. So Devon signs me up. He's like, all right, your first thing you need to do, see Jim and Pam over there? You got to get them signed up. I'm like, okay, let's do this. Okay? So now I'm looking through this lens. Okay? So I'm going to sign Jim and Pam up. Now I look at Jim and I'm like, okay. Jim has got some false chains of belief. There's some reason I'm not going to be able to get him to believe that he should join my network marketing opportunity, right? What is that? There's, he's got these false chains of belief. So I got to think, like, what, what did he experience that probably kept him from doing that? Like, did he have a friend or a family member who came and annoyed him or someone who, like, or, or did, he have a bad, did he already join a program and he just felt uncomfortable? What was the experience he had? Okay, so for Jim's experience, what happened is he had a friend named Michael Scott who just tackled him and forced him to be in this program, right? And he's like... Oh, that was a horrible experience. I did not feel comfortable. I did not like it. And so because of that, he created this story inside of his mind. And the story he created inside of his mind is that all network marketing programs are pyramid schemes. Okay, so that's the story he created. So I can come in here. I can tell him everything I want about ground floor opportunity, the best product, the best technology, the best everything, no matter what I do, logically sell him. He will never break that story. It's not worth doing. Okay, now I'm sharing the story for network marketing, but it's true for every single one of you guys. I don't care if you're selling fitness, finance, products, services, like whatever it is, this is what's happening. Your customers have a story already, okay? So if the only way for you to break their story is you have to come in and you have to tell a better story that trumps theirs. Okay, so if I was going to the gym, I'd be like, hey man, so why, why, uh, why aren't you joining? He's like, oh, I had this annoying friend who bugged me and it was horrible. And, you know, if, if I join, I got to bug people and like, I just, I just don't want to do it. I'm like, no, that makes sense. I, I was the same way. But what's interesting is that I found out about this really cool thing called the funnel, and I used the funnel. Um, there was this network marketing program. I believed it was pretty cool. And they were giving away a Ferrari. And I was like, what if I won a Ferrari without ever talking to anybody ever? That would be amazing. And so I set up a funnel. I launched it. And in uh, 60 days, I became the number one money earner in the company. And I won this Ferrari. And the best thing is I didn't talk to a single person ever. Isn't that amazing? Now, if I tell Jim that, if my story trumps his story, he's going to be like, oh, my gosh. She was saying, I could actually have the benefit of this thing without talking to people? You sign me up. Okay? So that's you have to understand. That's all this whole story thing is about. It's about trumping someone else's false belief. If I can trump their false belief, their story shifts, 
and now your story becomes theirs, and now they're free. The chains of false belief are gone. Now they're free to go pursue whatever it is you're trying to help them pursue. Okay? All right. So the question is, then, what stories do I tell? Now, this is going to change. We talked about hook story offer. Depending on the complexity of the product depends on how many stories you tell and what stories you tell, right? Um, If it's a very simple product, you tell a story, and that's all you need. For more complex things, you have to tell multiple stories. I'm going to kind of walk through that. So the first thing you have to understand is that in every sales argument, there is uh, what we call the big domino. Okay, again, if you read Expert Secrets, we talk about this. There's one thing that if I can get them to believe that one thing, all the other concerns just disappear instantly, right? Okay, so when you guys came into my, into my world, the whole funnel world, okay, everyone had false beliefs and things and things you believed on everything. But if I could somehow convince you that the only way for you to get your goals was a funnel, like you have to just kind of like, all right, well, I'm in. Like I got to do it, right? Everything else just falls away. Okay, so for me, it's like if I can convince people that a funnel is the way, is the only way for them to actually get the results they want, then it knocks down all the other dominoes. All the other dominoes fall away or they become irrelevant, okay? And every sales argument has the same thing, okay? When you're selling something, it's not about trying to answer every single concern possible. It's figuring out what's the one big domino. If I can address this in my ad, in my video, in my webinar, in my whatever, if I can address this, if I can prove them that this is true, then all the other dominoes fall down and they have to believe me, right? And so for all of you guys, you have that. I'm excited. Um, Jamie's going to talk about hers tomorrow, I believe. Like in her, she figured out what was the thing she had to get people to believe. And boom, it all fell down. Okay? So you got to figure that out. <clears throat> now, after you know the big domino for your product, your service, then it comes down to there's four stories we typically tell. Now, I'm going to show you guys this in the framework of like a webinar. Um, and so I'm going to show 15 minutes. 15, I'm going to show kind of how we do it in a 90-minute webinar. But the same thing happens on a five-minute webinar. It's the same, same um, process, just shorter times. Okay? So the first story we tell is what we call the origin story. Again, the origin story is basically your Epiphany Bridge story. How did you find out about this thing? Like, why do you care so much about it? Right? So you tell your story. So if I'm doing a webinar, the first 15 minutes of my webinar is me just telling my origin story. Okay? My Epiphany Bridge story about how I fell in love with this thing. Okay? So if you watch any of the webinars, these are the slides from the Funnel Hacks webinar that most of you guys have probably seen. The first 15 minutes, I'm going through this. I'm just telling my Epiphany Bridge story about oh my gosh, funnels are the greatest in the world. Let me explain to you why they are. And I tell you my whole story, okay? And that's the, that's the first goal. Now what happens is after I tell that story, for some people, that was it. Domino falls over, like, I'm in. I need, here's my mind. In fact, I'm curious, how many of you guys, when you first heard me talk about potato guns and funnels, and I told the first story, you're like, I'm 100% in. All right? <laughs> my hyperactives are like in, okay? Now click funnels is a more complex cell. On a simpler cell, it's easy. How many of you guys, if I just told you my origin story with, uh, with Vigon here, if I told you, and I've never had a cold source, this isn't actually true, but if I told you, like, look, I've had cold sores in the past, I've used Abrevia, I've used things, and nothing ever works, um, they always last for two or three weeks at a time, it's horrible, it's painful, like the worst thing in the world. When I found out about this the first time, I tried it, I clicked on the thing, I pulled it out, and it's, I felt it tingling like the first day, but then it, never, it never came out, it never became a cold sore, it was just gone, like that was it. And, uh, and ever since I keep this in my pocket, I take it everywhere I go. And as soon as the cold sore comes out, I hit it. And I haven't had a cold sore actually hit surface since then. How many of you guys, that story alone have been like, sweet, I'm in. Okay? And someone who suffers cold sore, like our sales video for this is literally that. That's it. This is a $150 machine. It's a video, two minutes long, telling an origin story of the person who actually invented it. And that's it. That's all it takes. Okay? So for simple products, one story, the origin story is all you need and people are in. Okay? 
but as you get more complex offers, you need more. So what happens is in a more complex offer, they push the domino over and they're all excited. All of a sudden, they push it, but then like, oh, these three things block it. It's like, wait, 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 hold on, hold on, hold on. I'm in, but, and all of a sudden, these three things block it, okay? So these are the three things. So the first thing, <coughs> um, um, the first thing, these are what we call the three core faults, please. The first thing is their beliefs about the vehicle. Okay, so the vehicle is the thing you're trying to put them into. So for me, the vehicle is funnels. Like, this is the world I'm trying to take you guys into. For some of you guys, it's a ketogenic diet. Some of you guys, it's a, a product that can help you with your cold stores. Like, there's some belief about the vehicle they, have, they struggle with. The second belief is their own internal beliefs. Like, that may be cool, but like, I don't think I could do it. How many of you have heard that voice in your head before? That's cool for them, but oh, I don't know if I could do it. Right? And then the third false belief is like, well, that's a cool thing I could do, but like, I know that if I start this diet, like, I could do it, but my wife's going to buy cookies anyway, and they'll give me the house. There's no way. Like, they always blame some external source besides themselves. Okay? So these are the three things that keep people from buying from you. Okay? So for me now, now I move into and I tell a story to try to trump all three of those. Okay? And if I can trump all three of those beliefs, their beliefs become my beliefs, and they have to, they have to buy. They have to follow you. They have to do the thing you need them to do. Okay? So story number two then, which in a webinar is the next 15 minutes, is the story about my vehicle. Okay, so same thing, I come back here, I say, okay, what's the chain of false belief they currently have about the vehicle that I'm putting them into? Okay, then what's the experience, like why do they believe that? Then what's the story they're, cur they're currently telling themselves? And I think, hey, what's my story? Okay, so, oh, you guys will see this video tomorrow. So I got to show them the websites are dead, right? So for me, the, if I go back to this for myself, right? <laughs> um, the false belief is like, well, I already have a website, I'm good, right? Or um, I sell stuff on Amazon, I'm good. Well, why do you believe that? Well, I tried to build a funnel, it was really complicated, it didn't work. I put myself on Amazon and I make some sales, so it's pretty cool. So the story is like, I don't need any complicated stuff, I can just use Amazon, right? So I gotta come back and the story I tell you is like, no, websites are dead. I tell the story and if I did a good job, boom, it falls down. Okay, so in my Funnel Hacks webinar that most of you guys have seen, these slides right here are all me telling the story about why this vehicle is the greatest thing in the world. My Epiphany Bridge story about why I believe that. I tell that story, and at the end of it, my goal is to be like, oh my gosh, I do need a funnel. If I get them to say that in their head, I do need a funnel, boom, the internal belief or the, the vehicle belief is gone. Okay, oh my gosh, I could have success here. Oh my gosh, I could do that thing. Okay, so my story trumps theirs. Once again, the domino falls. Okay? Now, the next thing, so the first one's the origin story. Second one's the story about their internal, or um, about the vehicle. The next one now moves down to the internal beliefs. So they say, oh my gosh, you're right, a funnel is amazing, but I can't do it. It comes internal. I can't do it. I don't have any technical skills. I don't know how to build something. I don't even know what a funnel is, for crying out loud, right? So that's the second story. So now, or excuse me, the third story. So now I come back and I say, okay, what's the false belief? Why do they believe that? Well, they believe that for me. Again, I'm talking about my product, but plug in your, your product for this. For me, it's like, well, I've tried technical stuff in the past. I can't even use Microsoft Word. I'm not going to be able to build a funnel. That's what they believe. What's the experience? Well, I tried to do this thing. It didn't work. It was confusing. Like, I wasted time and energy. The story is like, I'm not technical. I can't build a funnel. So I got to come in and be like, no. Like, it's actually really easy. Here's Grant Cardone. This guy is the least technical guy on earth. He built an entire funnel, 40,000 feet in the air. It was super simple, super easy. And they see that and they're like, oh. That actually is really easy. I guess I could do that. So now, boom, two things have happened, right? And then here's my slides where I tell that part of the story, okay? So now it's happened. Hopefully, a domino fell. If not, then the last leg. So first they say, cool, the vehicle funnels is amazing. And I think I could actually do it, but I don't. And they find the external thing. I don't know how to drive traffic, though, so I actually don't. I probably couldn't figure it out. Okay, they have some kind of external belief. Okay, so for me, the external belief is 
even if I had a funnel, what would I do with it? I don't know how to do it. Like, I can't get people to come to the funnel. What's their experience? I had a website before. I spent a ton of money on it. Bought some Google ads. Nobody showed up, and I'm broke. I paid an agency 5000 bucks, and I got like three visitors. I never made any money, right? They have some experience. The story is, this doesn't work. So I got to tell them my story. So for me, I tell a story about how do we have traffic, and boom. I go through my slides. I tell that part of the story. And if it works, boom, the domino falls, and they follow me. And for all of you guys who are here, obviously the domino fell. That's why we've got 4,500 amazing people here, because I was able to break the false police that are holding you guys back. Does that make sense? Okay, so after you've told the stories, then the last thing is that you move over to the, to the offer. So I tell the stories, I break all the false beliefs, and I move to the offer, I go through the stack and the clothes, make the special offer, and boom, we've got them. Okay, so the framework is simple. There's one big domino. I gotta convince them this one thing. For me, I gotta convince them that funnels is the greatest thing in the world. For you, whatever your thing is, like you gotta convince them that this type of diet, this type of lifestyle, this type of product is the greatest thing in the world. What's the big domino? If you can get them to believe this, then they have to follow you. Figure that out. And then it's come back, hey, why do I believe that? What's my origin story? Why do I actually believe that? And if you don't believe it, you're in the wrong business. Okay, you have to believe it at your depth of your soul if you're gonna get people to move with you, okay? So then you tell your story. And then you're like, okay, now what's, what's the reason, like what's the vehicle I'm putting, what, what's their false beliefs about that? What's the false beliefs about themselves being able to implement this? What's the false beliefs about the external? You tell those three stories and then you make them the offer, okay? And that's kind of how it works. All right, now I want to do something for some of you guys who are watching this. It's like, well, Russell, that's awesome for you because you click on Facebook Live and you just go and you have all this energy and you're amazing and you just tell everybody every single time. How many of you guys ever felt that way about me before? You're like, I hate that Russell Brunson. Okay, so I have a special message for all you guys. Um, we're all going to laugh at me together. Um, so <laughs> I shared this on Instagram. Um, and this is kind of embarrassing, but how many of you guys want to see the very first time I spoke on stage? Look at that good-looking dude, his bald head and his puffy shirt and his tie. <laughs> all right, so this is the very first time I, I ever spoke on stage. It's like a 30-second clip. And I'm going through this humiliation to hopefully have some of you guys look at this and be like, Oh my gosh, that guy can do this? Guarantee I can do it. So here we go. But what I wanted to talk about tonight is kind of a broad overview, better, hopefully help you to better, um, to get better um, information out of the, of the whole internet marketing business. This is a lot bigger group than I had planned on. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, so embarrassing. All right, so that was the first time I ever spoke. The next day was the first time somebody let me step on their stage. Except for it was like carpet. There was no actual stage. And they're like, you can sell something. I'm like, sweet. And so the next day, I had a chance to make my very first um, offer on stage. And I'm not going to show you guys the whole thing because it's really like uh, the very beginning as I transitioned to, my, to me trying to sell. I was like, how much do you guys think I'm going to sell this for? And some guy was like, a thousand bucks. And I was like, oh, crap. I'm actually selling it for a thousand bucks. I was like, well... Uh, it was so bad. Oh, anyway, so <laughs> you guys are going to see my closing abilities round one. Um, here we go. Okay, I've got, am I getting close on time? If, if, you, if you do join the, the affiliate boot camp, we'll give you lifelong training. It's a, it's a $47 a month value. You'll get it for free. Who would like a piece of that? Here's my irresistible offer. And I hope you guys... Learned a lot from this presentation. From a standing ovation, he did a great job. <laughs> Look at this, nobody stands up, not one person. <laughs> Who wants a piece of that? <laughs> the greatest clothes of all time. 
<laughs> All right. So I share that for any of you guys who are just like, I, I don't know if this is going to work. I don't, I'm shy. I'm awkward. I'm nervous. Like, I promise you, I was shy. I was awkward. I'm nervous. I still am. I still struggle. Um, but when you believe in what it is you have to sell, you believe what you're doing, like, you just keep doing it and keep doing it, and you get a little bit better and a little bit better and a little bit better. And it didn't take 15 years, right? Every single time it got better, and a couple more people started listening. A couple more people started listening. It started growing and started growing and started growing. Um, the biggest thing, you have to start. You have to start telling the stories. You can't wait. Like, oh, I'm going to start stories next month, next week, next year. Okay, it's like, no, start today. Can you guys have a phone again? No one's raising their hand. How many of you guys have a phone in your pocket right now? Okay. You have no excuse. If you want to do a podcast, there's a podcast app. You click on it. You talk, and then you click a button, and it's on iTunes that fast. You want to do a video, you click a button, and then you're on Facebook Live in five seconds. Or Instagram. Like, you have no excuses. But Russell, no one's following me. Like, exactly. That's the best thing about it at the beginning. Who was there for that event when I spoke? None of you guys were there. <laughs> Other than all you guys now saw it. But none of you were there, right? Do you guys understand? Like, just start. Your people will find you. As you find your voice, your people will find you. But you cannot find your voice until you start, until you begin, until you start moving forward. Okay? And if I would have started that journey 15 years ago, none of you guys would be here today. Okay? And if I could go back to that awkward, nerdy Russell with a shaved head and a tie who was scared to death of getting on stage, sitting behind like scared to death, and I could go back to him right now and grab him and say, look, dude, I know this is uncomfortable and it's horrible and it's miserable and you are scared and you are going to fail and you're going to fail and you're going to fail and not one year or two years. Or, it's going to be like a decade of this. But in a decade from now, you're going to have a chance to come on stage in front of 4,500 people. And you're going to have an opportunity and a voice to be able to change their lives if you don't stop. I would hope that I would have listened. Thank you. The biggest thing is I can't have you guys stopping. Okay, I was telling uh, Brandon Poland this um, yesterday. I saw him at the Inner Circle dinner. Um, four Funnel Hacking Lives ago, the second Funnel Hacking Live, he was sitting down. I said, I'd never met him before. And uh, during one of the roundtables, I was roundtable, he came over. He's like, hey, man, really quick, I need, I need to interrupt. I'm like, what's going on? He's like, just so you know, you've changed my life. you changed my wife's life. I was like, oh, cool, thank you. He's like, no, no, you don't, you don't understand. Like, he's like, everything's, he's like, we're helping people. We're making money. Like, everything's changed for us. Okay, and I was like, that's, that's amazing, right? And Brandon was one person in the audience. Him and his wife were sitting there. Okay, fast forward four years now later. Caitlin's unfortunately not here. She had her first baby, which congratulations to the Poland family. It's amazing. Fast forward four years later, because Kaylin kept talking and sharing her message over and over and over again, and like 1.5 million people have come into their funnels. Over 130,000 women's lives have been changed because of them. Okay, they're making insane amounts of money, but the impact they're having on the world is huge because they were sitting in an audience, they heard us talk about this, and then they just did it. Okay, so for me and for my team, I had to talk to them yesterday before we got started. I said, look, there's a sea of people out here. Every single one of them has the voice and the ability to change somebody's lives. And if we can't affect them, then everything we're doing here is a waste. This event's not about me. It's not about us. It's not about my team. It's about each and every one of you guys. Okay? And we're trying to give you the tools and the things you need, but you have to listen and you have to be willing to try it. And it's going to be scary at first. I promise you that. It's still scary to me. I was backstage here freaking out a few minutes ago. Okay? I feel more comfortable now, luckily. But you have to understand, like, it's going to be scary, but if you don't do it, if you don't take that step, you're not going to be here next year. Okay, I don't want you just here next year. I want you up here next year. I want you telling your story, getting your awards. That's why we do this every single day. Okay? All right, a couple more things. Um, <clears throat> all right. Just so you guys understand, again, if you're selling a product, you don't have to do this huge thing. Like, 
the simpler the product, the easier it is. For example, um, do you guys see that picture right there? You see that marker in my hand? Okay, if I was going to how many of you guys would give me, um, I don't know, five bucks for this marker right now? Yeah. A couple of you guys. <laughs> okay, I'm going to tell you guys a story about this marker. I'm going to tell you a story, and the story will increase the value of this marker, okay? So um, a couple of, um, when we first were starting to do events, I remember um, I would show up, and they always have those, like, little narrow whiteboards, and they're, like, hors- or, uh, vertical. And when you draw funnels, funnels are vertical, right? So you're like, page number one, page number, you're like, ah, oh, I'm out of space. Like, ah, oh, you flip it, and it's like horrible to diagram of funnels, right? <clears throat> and um, I would do that, I'd be flipping the thing over, flipping it over, and I had these little tiny markers, and they're like little tiny, and like, you couldn't see it very far, and it just felt weak. And then I went to a Tony Robbins event, and Tony had a board like this. And then he pulls out this marker, and Tony's hands are like this big anyway. And he pulls out this marker, and he unsheaths it, whoa. He walks over to the whiteboard and he starts doing this thing and he's like, just like doing X's and like circles and like was making no sense whatsoever, but it looks so cool. And I remember I was like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. And so when we started in Funnel Hacking Lives, um, first off, I wanted to, I think Tony had a board like this wide, we need a board like that. And, we, and I tried for like years to try to find one. I remember one day I was like complaining to Melanie, who's my assistant. I was like, Melanie, like, they don't, how did he, he must have custom built this thing. And then she's like, in Google or doing some magic, and like five minutes later, she's like, found it. I'm like, what? And next thing we know, we have this board here. And then like, I do the boards the very first time, I have these little tiny markers, and I'm like, oh, I feel so weak. Like, I want to feel like Tony, I need like a man marker. And so she starts Googling, and she finds some markers, ship I'm like, no, these are good, but like, I need like Tony man markers. And so finally she finds these things, and look at this thing, like, this thing is amazing. And so these are now my man markers, and I only, like, I will not speak at events. When I travel to events, I bring my man markers, because I don't want to be on stage like, it's the little dainty ones. And so I have these huge man markers. And so I've got red man markers, blue man markers, black man markers. And I only have three of them here right now. How many of you guys want a man marker? <laughs> I can't sell these. We have to have these for the rest of the event. But do you see how a story increases the value? That's what I'm talking about. Like you tell a good story, it increases the value of whatever you're selling. So you have to become better at telling stories. You have to be better at making offers, better at telling stories, because both those things intrinsically increase the value of what it is you're trying to sell. Okay? Now, when you're selling more complex offers, that's when you need to have a bigger thing. We're having internal beliefs, um, uh, the vehicle, internal, external, the more complex the product is, the, the longer the sales process is. Okay? All right, so for you guys, your homework as well in your paper here is start writing down, you just need to start building a story inventory. What are all the false beliefs that my customers have? And start writing those things down. Like, then why do they believe that? What's the story they're telling themselves? And then what, what story do I have that would trump their belief? Okay, I've been telling this ever since Expert Secrets came out almost two years ago. I've been talking about this over and over and over again, right? Very few people do it. But guess what? I know the people that are doing it. I'm watching them. I'm watching the storytelling. I'm watching what they're doing. I'm watching the process, okay? I do this all the time. When I got started, Dan Kennedy told me this. He's like, you need to build an inventory of stories. And I heard that. And instead of doing it, most people didn't say, that's a good idea. I said, Dan said it. I must do it. I got a pad of paper. I was like, what stories do I have? And I had nothing. I had a potato gun story. That was it. So I have my potato gun story. I'm like, uh... So I got. But now I had my notebook with my potato gun story, and I started thinking, okay, as I start talking and start doing my thing, something amazing happened in my life. I'm like, that could be a story. Write it down. Then I go to the next thing, something's happened, something happened. I'm like, oh my gosh, that could be a story. Write it down. That could be a story. Write it down. Could it be a story? And next thing I know, I can stand on stage for 90 minutes and tell 400 stories without even knowing about it, right? It comes down to just telling story after story after story. But you have to start that now. Okay, so if you have your phone, open up a note section, say, my story inventory. And as you are living life, every time something's happening, don't be like, oh, that was cool. Be like, oh, that was cool. How would that relate to my customers? Oh my gosh, if I told this, like, that's how it relates. Boom. 
okay? How many of you I could tell a story about a marker and make it relevant to you somehow? Yet I did, right? Okay, it's all about that. Okay, hook story offer. Okay, I'm gonna go to the last steps. We talked about offer. We talked about story. The last piece in this is the hook. Okay, so what is the hook? To understand this really well, I want you guys to imagine what happened right before you probably came into this room. You were in the bathroom and you were sitting kind of like this. And most of you had your phones and you're going like this. So what a hook is, it's the thing that makes you stop. Like, whoa, that's a hook. This is how I judge my hooks. I imagine all of you guys swiping. What's going to make you like, whoa, hold on. All right, I got to finish so I can find out what that thing is, okay? This is literally what's happening. In case you're wondering like, oh no, my customers don't do that. They do. I was in the airport two days ago. I walk into the airport, and for the women, I'm so sorry that you have to find out about how gross and disgusting men are. But there's a dude swiping while he's... And I was like, seriously, like, put it in your pocket for 30 seconds? It doesn't take that long. It was just amazing. Like, that's what they're doing, okay? And so you got to imagine, this is what's happening in today's world. Okay, it's not they're sitting at their desktop, like, studying you and reading things. <coughs> Excuse me, and researching. What's happening is this. And so they're flipping through their phone, and they're seeing their friends, and their pictures, and their profiles, and their cat videos, and thing after thing after thing after thing. And your ad has a shot in there for like one second, probably less, in the middle of this scroll, okay? And if you don't stop them right there, and they don't say, hold on, put the phone down, I got to come back and check this out, you mail, you failed, okay? The hook is the key. Without a good hook, nobody will ever hear your story. Without a good story, no one will care about your offer. Okay? Now, the hook in and of itself does not provide, does not increase the value. Okay? The hook does not increase the value of what it is you're selling. What the hook does is it grabs your attention long enough that they'll listen to your story. The story increases the value, and then the offer increases the value. The hook grabs them just long enough you can tell them the story. Okay? So every story you have has multiple hooks. Okay, this is why it's so important for you guys to be publishing and putting things out there all the time because I have no idea what hooks are going to land, which ones are people going to resonate with and which ones don't, okay? Um, I was at a, a retreat, uh, like a, um, a mastermind group with Brendan uh, Bouchard and Dean Graciosi and a bunch of really cool people, both of who are going to be here this weekend speaking with you guys. It's going to be amazing. And we're sitting around the campfire and Dean told this story that was so good. He said, um, he said essentially, he said, if you look at a, if you look at a comedian you see them on like the Tonight Show and they pick up the microphone, and they do their thing and they do the thing and they land it and everyone's like, oh my gosh, this is the funniest person on earth. And so you don't understand is like the comedian just get up there and like do his thing. What happened is like two years prior, he got a job, he went to a dive bar over here. He wrote 10 jokes, got in front of like 30 people and he tried this thing and he tried it. And he told joke one, two, three, four, five, and like one of the 10 jokes landed. He's like, okay, that joke was good. The rest were horrible. Goes back to his apartment, writes nine new jokes, got some 10 new jokes, goes next to Ivar, gets in front of it. Boom, he does it. Nails the first jokes. He knows it's amazing. Nails you know, the other nine, like two of the other nine work, right? Now he's got three good jokes. Then he goes back, rewrites the other seven, comes back the next night. Boom, and he keeps doing it, keeps doing it, keeps doing it until he knows he's got 10 of the most amazing jokes in the world. Then he gets on the big stage and performs and every single joke lands. Okay, it's the same thing what we're doing right now. I have no idea what hooks are going to work, right? So what do I do? When I hear a story in the morning, I jump on my phone, I get my phone out as I'm driving to the office, and half of you guys are like, Russell, don't drive while you're podcasting. It's like a block, and there's no anything anywhere. I wish I could show people that. I get, every, anyway, whatever. So um, uh, I'm, I'm doing my thing, talking, and I tell a story, right? That's my first time. Then I come in, I see Dave, and Dave's like, oh, and I'm like, oh, I'm like, I tell your story. I tell Dave the story, 
right? And I felt a little differently this time. And I'm like, okay, that worked. That, like, it made sense. He got excited. And I go out to, the, to like the bullpen with all the marketing teams, and I tell them the story, right? And then I jump on a Facebook Live. I tell the story that I tell it four or five times so I know how to tell the story. I see what lands. I see what hooks. Got people interested. Or if I tell a story, and Dave's like, oh, that's really cool. I'm like, crap. Dave's not flipping out. It is not a good story, right? And that's how we know. So it's testing these things, testing it, testing it. Okay, so when you have a story, it's like you're putting out different hooks. Like, which are the hooks that people are grabbing onto? What are the ones that are interesting? What ones do people actually pay attention to? And like, cool, now we'll build things bigger on those, okay? But you got to be practicing stuff all the time, okay? Because if you're like, I got to, this business has to work. It's got to be perfect. It's got to be, it's like, I, I don't want to screw this up. So I'm going to wait until I tell my story. I'm going to wait. I'm going to wait. It's the equivalent of walking up on the night show and being like, I've never tested this material. Let's go. You would never do that, right? Yeah, we do in our businesses all the time. You can't do that. You got to be telling the stories, telling the stories, okay? Every single one of you guys in here should be Facebook living your experience today. Like seriously, like, if you're not, like why did you waste that experience? There's some story that, impact, that will impact you today, if not me, by somebody else that affects your life and your customers directly. And you better be talking about that tonight when you get home. Either podcasting, video, Facebook live, something to start practicing. It begins tonight. doesn't begin manana because manana never comes, okay? All right, so how do you find the hooks that you want to model? So next time you guys are doing this, and you shouldn't do this, like it's really disgusting, but maybe you're at your desk doing this. As you're scrolling through, look at the stuff that stops you, okay? Look at the stuff that stops you, like why did, that, why did that hook work? What was it? Okay, the 30 days book was not my idea. Someone else had a 30 days thing in another industry. I was like, that's a good idea. He hooked it over there, I'm gonna hook it over here. Because it made me stop, okay? Now after you find an ad, Instead of just looking at it, like, that's a really good ad. Then you go to the ad, and Facebook has done the coolest thing in the world now. There's a little tab here that says ads and info. You click on it, and it literally shows you every single hook that that person is running right now. So if you clicked on that right now, you would see, here's a couple of the hooks that Russell and John and the team are currently running. Russell, that's a lot of ads. Yeah, we're throwing out insane amounts of hooks every single day, okay? And you can do this with any advertiser. You see their ad on Facebook. You click on their thing, and it'll show you here's every ad that they are actively running right now. And you can see all the hooks. So every time someone hooks you, stop, pay attention, go look at the thing, look at all the ads, and start studying, and start looking, and start geeking out, okay? That's a lot of ads. How many do we have on here? All right. Now, this is, I was doing this last night, as a, like one in the morning, I started working on slides, I was like, how do I really sink this in? And I started thinking about the two comic club winners, the two comic club X winners. I was like, I'm going to show you some examples of some of these, right? Because you hear these people all the time, right? You see their pictures, you hear the stories, you're like, this is amazing, I want two comic club. But how many of you guys have actually looked at the hooks that they're throwing out? Okay? If they're in the two comic club, two comic club X, it means they are insanely good at hook story offer, otherwise they would not be here, right? So we should be looking at it. So I started looking, I'm like, I'm just going to pull a couple random people. Um, so the first one I pull here is Drew. Is Drew in the room right now? I think he is. All right, so this is, um, <laughs> this is amazing. So Drew runs a company called Fit to Fat to Fit. Have you guys seen his ads before? So Drew is a personal trainer who is ripped and amazing. And I might be telling the story wrong. It's awkward he's in the room, so hopefully I tell it right. But he was, he was like ripped and amazing. And um, his clients are like, well, you've never been fat, so you don't know what it's like. And he's like, oh, yeah? This is what I'm going to do. I'm going to get fat, super fat. So he gained a whole bunch of weight to prove difference. He went from being fit to getting really, really fat and then losing all the weight again. Okay, probably not healthy, like in retrospect, I'm guessing, but that is an amazing hook. So you see, here's every th- like a thousand different weight loss offers out there, like, hey, I'm sexy, I'm ripped. And you see Drew sitting here with Jay Leno, and he's like, I went from being fit to fat to fit, and shows the before and after, it's like, that hook is amazing. Okay, boom, two Colin Club X winner. Okay, this is Natalie. How many of you guys remember Natalie Hodson from last year? That was, 
<laughs> There's Natalie right here. Okay, two comma cup winners. She's getting close to two comma cup X. Same thing, right? Now, what's interesting, so Natalie's business um, prior to this was a good business, right? She had good hooks, good story, good offer. It was like, it was doing well, but never like amazing, right? Um, but then she came back and she's like, okay, what's the hook? What's the story? Like, what, what is it? And she shifted from her, her other business that was doing okay to this. And you guys remember Natalie's story? She talked about vulnerability last year. She talked about how she was um, doing this, this live video and she peed her pants during it, which is like the most humiliating thing ever, right? And then she turned that into a product, teaching women how to control that and went from zero to two comic cup winner in four months. Because the hook, right? Find a better hook. Again, if your funnel's not working, it's always either a hook, a story, or an offer. Okay? That hook's amazing. Her story is insane, and the offer was amazing. Million dollars in four months. Okay? Garrett White there in the middle. Here's the landing page I found of his. one of my favorite landing pages. How's this for a hook? Attention married businessmen. Learn how to unlock... Un- okay. <laughs> Learn how to unlock nearly unlimited sex, power, and money without having to cheat on your wife, get a divorce, ignore your children, leave your church, date with drugs, or party like a rock star in Las Vegas. What? How do you not click on that as a man? I can have everything I want in life without all the bad stuff. This is amazing, right? He's a master at hooks. If you look at anybody in this clubs, right, anyone who's on stage, people that are doing what you want to do, you guys, they're amazing at hook, story, offer. And if you want to be on stage, you have to become better at hook, story and offer, okay? So as you're telling your stories, you start building inventory. What are the hooks I can test out? Test out this, test out this. And my question is, how many hooks are you guys actually throwing out? You need to be throwing out a lot, okay? Hook, story, offer. And then one last thing I want to kind of show you guys is if you look at this hook, story, offer, this is happening at every single step in your funnel, okay? Your ads, there's a hook, a story, and an offer in your ad. Someone's scrolling, there's a hook, you're telling a quick story, you make an offer, click here, there's the offer. Then they come to your landing page, there's a hook, there's a story, there's an offer. Then they come, they buy your product, hook, story, offer, upsell, hook, story, offer. Like this framework is essential for you guys to master. It's so simple. That's why I want to start today with it. It's so simple, but it's the most important thing. You do it over and over and over and over again. If something is not working inside your funnel, it's always either your hook, your story, or your offer. Okay, I don't care what funnel it is. We're going to learn about a ton of funnel types this weekend. Okay, you're going to learn about um, challenge funnels and summit funnels and book funnel, all, a ton of funnels. It doesn't matter which one it is. This framework fits into every one of these funnels. Okay? And the last one to mention is the, the hook story offer. This is the key. Hook story offer is the thing that grabs somebody, brings them into your world, and after you have them, the next phase then is how do we increase the value? How do we help these people along the line? You've been listening to one of our gold members only podcasts. Make sure you upgrade and become a diamond member and get access to the diamond members only podcast as well. On top of that, you'll also get access to the whole enchilada with all of Dan's courses and so much more. So make sure you upgrade to diamond now by going to diamondupgrade.com.